What's up, guys? Welcome into the Fireside Bears YouTube channel. My name is Usaid Kosho, alongside my co-host, Max Smith. You can follow us on Twitter, YouTube, Facebook, TikTok, and Instagram at Fireside Bears. You can follow myself and Max on Twitter at Usaid Kosho and at Max Smith ESM. Before we get into all the action talking wide receivers, make sure you have reviewed the channel like subscribe comment all that type of stuff we're going to be as interactive as we can the nfl drafts coming up max what's going on man uh just just busy 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 right so that time of the year um little lull we're a little away from uh opening day here for the mlb uh recording today if the orlando magic beat the cleveland cavaliers the chicago bulls clinch a playoff seat for the first time since 2017 so, uh, you know, there's a lot going on in sports outside of football, uh, but the NFL draft is coming up. So we're going to do a, a positional preview today um, at the wide receiver position. This is a uh, position that Ryan Poles was a little quiet on. Uh, I mean, outside of bringing in uh, Equinemius St. Brown as well as Byron Pringle, uh, a lot of people have question marks about who our, uh, I guess, depth pieces are. Uh, Pringle's probably stepping in for a more, uh, you know, Showtime role uh, with Allen Robinson gone and, and St. Brown is able to stretch the field. But um, without a doubt, the Chicago Bears are going to draft at least one wide receiver. And the question is, who? Yeah, and I certainly think that before we kind of get into detailing some of our top players in this class, I mean, you have to look at the draft board to kind of get an idea of what's going on. Because if we were to record this episode two weeks ago, I mean, the general consensus would be that there's a couple players that would be there at 39 and 48 for the Bears. But you have to look at something. I mean, the outlook in the first round has changed significantly over the last 24 hours. You look at that big trade that the Eagles and Saints had, and I kind of want to start there because the Eagles and Saints, you're looking at this, I mean, Michael Thomas missed all of 2021 with the Saints. It's a new regime there, a new coaching staff, so you don't know what anything is going to look like, even though the head coach, Dennis Allen, has kind of worked his way up the ranks and was their defensive coordinator for seven or eight years and is now head coach. But, you know, you got the Saints kind of leapfrogging a couple teams here. Then you look at the top of the NFL draft. You've got the Jets at 4-10. and 10. The Giants have a massive need at wide receiver trying to find someone that's a compliment to Kadarius Tony. You look at the Pittsburgh Steelers who just lost Juju Smith-Schuster. The Green Bay Packers and Kansas City Chiefs towards the back end of round one is certainly where it gets interesting because the Packers moved on from Devontae Adams. They have two first-round picks right now, and everyone just assumes that they're going to go ahead and double up on wide receiver at 22 and 28 because if we're going to be realistic with ourselves here, sitting here on April 5th, the Packers have the worst wide receiver room in the NFC North. Okay, it's pretty much Amari Rodgers, Randall Cobb, Alan Lazard, and then a bunch of nobodies. Or you could even just say Alan Lazard, washed up Randall Cobb, and a bunch of nobodies. So when you kind of look at the Bears here, I mean, again... It's just like they're picking at 39 and 48, which is great. Prior to that, you've got the Jets, the Giants on the clock. The Jets are actually on the clock twice in the second round before the Bears even get the opportunity to pick. So when you talk about the wide receiver room, there's a very realistic chance here that the Bears could have to go offensive line in round two, first and foremost, because there could be slim pickings at the wide receiver position. Yeah, Um there's a lot to look at here. Uh, I think the likelihood of the Bears trading um, 
either down or up, regardless, a draft day trade is, is, is incredibly likely now. I said a couple of weeks ago that the Bears would probably be wise to look at trading um, that first and the second, which is 39, um, may either down because considering they have that 48, uh, there's really not much of a reason now to really hold on to that pick. Um, you could package that along with the team, maybe go up to Philadelphia, right? And say, hey, um, you know, you have an extra first. Do you mind if we take that now? Um, you can also look at what New York has regards to their some of their capital and what, what they need. Um, there's a good amount of teams that are probably looking to trade one of their firsts this, this season now, or at least in like two weeks now. Um, and the Chicago Bears should probably be on that short list considering the amount of talent. Now, there's a lot of depth to this uh, wide receiver room, which is something that maybe could pump the brakes a little bit on trading up into the first. Um, and I think that's something that the Bears front office is looking at. But like you just mentioned, that depth might be taken away in the first round. We might see a bunch of wide receivers drafted. Um, it was pretty common like two weeks ago to consider that Chris Olave would make it all the way down to the second, potentially. That's not going to happen now, um, with, like without any question. Um, you know, just looking at, at our list real quick, that the guys who are probably going to be left now um, at, at 48 and 39 are you're going to be your Alec Pierce's, um, your Jalen Tolbert's, um, your John Mitchies, uh, your David Bells, who continues to drop. Uh, drastically, he didn't have a great pro day, um, and, and and your Justin Rosses. So I mean, like there are still talent there, without a doubt. Like there's still second level talent, um, which the Bears said that they were going to look at. However, if they really want to make a splash, there is an opportunity now that wasn't there two weeks ago, like you just said. Now the question is, what are they going to have to give up? Right. Good news is they have a good amount of capital moving forward in the future. This is something that fans haven't really been talking about. But the Bears have a ton of picks in the next couple of years based off of moves that they've made already. Um, and even even Ryan Pace has set up the Bears for some future draft success. So if the Bears really want to make a splash this this draft, which I feel like in this regime, uh, Poles, who's kind of doing the soft rebuild, they're going to need some real big heavy hitter rookies to really energize this core, which is already young, right? We're talking about how the Bears are now one of the youngest uh, offenses in, in the entire NFL, right? Well, we're just going to continue adding on to that youth through this draft. So if if the opportunity presents itself, which it essentially is at this point, I am without hesitation considering that Hallis Hall is looking at the, the, the openings now in the first round and are probably already starting to probe these conversations, um, especially, especially with Philadelphia, uh, considering, you know, Ian Cunningham probably still has some good connections in that front office. So, I mean... This is something that we should uh, we, we shouldn't throw away. We should maybe pump the brakes on, uh, but it's certainly something to consider as we move forward in April. And uh, last point we kind of make that I'm going to make here before we talk about trading up or trading down, whatever the case may be. I mean, the Kansas City Chiefs are going back to back in the first round at 29 and 30, just saying. And there's a certain general manager in Chicago and Ryan Poles that has those connections too. But then you also look at it. I mean, Indianapolis is at 42 overall in the second round and maybe Ryan Poles and Matt Eberflus decide that's somewhere we're going to trade down. But there's something that needs to be said here is that just because, because there's a fight going on my Twitter mentions right now on 
Ryan Poles versus Ryan Bass. And it's very clear to me that Bears fans have kind of crowned Ryan Poles as the next executive of the year and that he's the guy that can absolutely do no wrong. When in reality, I just got done talking to an ESPN reporter for the weekly episode. That's going to drop on Wednesday, by the way. It's probably going to be out by the time you're watching this video. And one of the things that specific reporter says was that around the league, a lot of executives feel like the Bears they're doing this the right way, but their free agency has been somewhat disappointing because guys like DJ Chark and Juju Smith-Schuster that went for 8 to $10 million a year, the Bears missed on, okay? But just because Ryan Pace was the king of trading up does not mean that Ryan Poles shouldn't consider it because you're going to keep shooting yourself in the foot if you're just willing to kind of sit there and wait for the board to fall. It's like, look at Chris Ballard. I love Chris Ballard as an evaluator and Ed Dodds, but my biggest gripe with them is that they don't get aggressive in the draft, which is why they traded first-round picks for Carson Wentz, essentially, and looks what happened to Carson Wentz now. It's like our... Buddy Raul Bennington, friend of the show, said a couple weeks ago, you build a team through free agency trades and the NFL draft. And I know that Raul's listing off all three ways to build a team in the NFL, but the reality is you have to use every avenue possible to you, and you have to use the draft more than anything to build a well-rounded roster. That is what this consists of. But I think getting into the discussion here about our top wide receivers, I mean... I personally, now, first things first, I don't think the Bears are going to be in on guys like Jamison Williams because some of these top prospects like a Wilson and Olave are going to be gone. There's two specific things I'm looking for when the Bears draft wide receivers. Number one, do these guys have speed? Number two, are they good route runners? And the biggest thing of all, number three, is do those guys fit the mold that Justin of a wide receiver that Justin Fields likes, such as are they explosive? Are they fast? Do they have good releases? Are they solid route runners? Are they able to win off the line of scrimmage? What is their technique like? Because if you saw how Justin excelled at Ohio State with those downfield vertical threats, that is what the Bears need to bring in. I know a lot of Bears fans were high on David Bell. Look, David Bell, I think, is going to be a good NFL wide receiver, but him being a true possession receiver like an Allen Robinson is not necessarily fitting the play style of Justin Fields. Yeah, there, there's a lot to consider here. So, I mean, first things first is what specifically do we need in this scheme, right? We now have a bunch of speed, like a ton of speed. Um, Byron Pringle, again, adds that kind of slot factor. And he's a little bit taller. Like I said, he's like a taller, better Anthony Miller. Um, it's just it's just a fact. So the Bears have a ton of speed. We're missing a big body X possession wide receiver. That's something we just don't have on this roster. That's something that Justin Field could use, right? And that's something that this like weird LaFleur, Shanahan, Getze offense could use as well. Um I mean, Allen Robinson could have played that role incredibly well. I just don't think he wanted to, really, and I don't think the front office really cared enough to try to keep him. Um, but that's certainly what the what the Bears are going to look for, is one of those bigger body, uh, you know, more reception-focused, um, less yards after the catch guys, because that's kind of who we already have on this roster. So, again, the guys that come out who, who think make you think of that, our guys like Alec Pierce, who's going to be available without a doubt. Uh, he's 6'3", runs a 4'4", 40. 
uh, 52 catches and 884 yards off eight touchdowns last year. He's big, he's fast, uh, and, and he's productive, right? Uh, Ty Tolbert, Bears' new wide receiver coach, was at his pro day. Uh, interestingly enough, there was a uh, another fellow by the name of Christian Watson who had his pro day the same day, uh, and the Bears opted to go to Cincy instead, right? Maybe there was a scout there, who knows? But the fact that Ty Tolbert himself went to Cincinnati uh, is pretty indicative that the Bears are interested in what he can bring to the table. Now, fortunately, again, he's just he's pretty low because of how much talent is up front. Like there is potential generational talent at the front of this. Garrett Wilson, who I'll just say, by the way, watching film uh, with our friends at Fireside Giants back uh, when Justin Field with the trade and everything when it first happened with the Giants. Um, we literally sat there and pointed at this kid, Garrett Wilson, and said, this guy's the guy up next. This Chris Olave guy, yeah, I mean, he had all the hype around him that season, but we are going, oh, my God, who is this Who is this Wilson kid? Insane. Anyone who's been following the tape know that this kid is ridiculous, and he's going to have a long, long career in the league. A lot of Bears fans like George Pickens, which I think there's an amazing amount of talent there. You just have to question about his health, right? He recovered incredibly fast like ridiculously fast. And that's a pretty good sign. But I mean, he's one of those more off, off the ball yards at the reception guy. Yeah. He has another easy he's, he's six, three. He's a little, you know, he's a little skinny, um, but he's fast. And, and he, he would fit in the offense incredibly well, I feel. Um, but I mean, outside of that, there's also, uh, I'm sorry, I'm scrolling to find, um, Oh, geez. Uh, he's out of Boise State. Yeah, uh, Kalil Shakir. He's six foot, 196. He might fill one of those gaps um, incredibly well as well. He's not one of your big bodied X type possession receivers, um, but I could see him walking into a role uh, into this into this weird West Coast Shanahan Getsy offense. I mean, again, we really don't know exactly what we're going to see, but we know what we saw. Uh, back with with Aaron Rodgers and the Packers, and I'm imagining we're going to see something similar, but not too similar because obviously we can't run the same offense because Packers have been using it for the past years, um, and that defense knows it too well, which I'm sure is a challenge for Luke Getze, by the way. I don't know if we ever talked about that, but but I'm, I'm sure they'll figure it out. They're, they're professionals. Um, but, yeah, I mean, like, look, what you have to look at is the guys who are in the middle of the pack. I'm not a huge David Bell guy. I think that there's a lot of hype around him just because, again, he's a yard after catch guy, uh, like a like a Sky Moore. We don't need that. We really don't. We need a big body. We need an X, even if he's a little undersized. We just need a pure possession receiver who's going to be able to run those 10 and hitches. We're able to run those post routes and touch toe touch on the sideline, right? Who are able to go up the ball in the end zone. If it's not Jesper Horstead, then it's got to be one of these other guys. <laughs> Yeah, I want to talk right now about a player that I feel like fits that mold. And even though he did tear his ACL in the SEC championship game, I think that there's some warrant here to watching a guy like John Mechie the third from Alabama. Now, when I watch John Mechie, first things first, the vibes I get are Emmanuel Sanders all over again, okay? And the reason I say that is because for those of y'all that are watching, if you remember Emmanuel Sanders, there were times where he was legitimately one of the best wide receivers in the game with just how productive he was. Was he a physical freak of nature? No. But he won because of his technique and his instincts. And Mechie's just 
that type of player too. You know, has got the nice the speed needed to be a vertical threat. Can play both inside and outside. Is a guy that can go up and grab the ball too. Okay, there's times where Mechi needs to kind of, you know, haul those 50-50 balls in just time those jumps right but in that he's really solid and you know i want to talk about calvin austin the third here from memphis too because he's five foot eight but i also think that when you look at calvin austin i mean he's a player that luke getsy is going to enjoy moving all over the field now what do i mean by that i essentially mean that he's five eight so on paper if you look at him in the measurables you're just going to assume oh Small guy, wide receiver, fast guy, gadget player. Well, the NFL keeps trending towards this point where teams are just now in love with moving wide receivers, both inside, outside, lining them up as X, Y, and Z. It's like wide receiver is the one game in the NFL where it's becoming like point guards and shooting guards in the NBA. You just better be able to play anywhere without a moment's notice interchangeably. So, when you look at Calvin Austin, you know, I love the hands. I love his ability to separate. Okay. Now looking at him, he can play both inside and outside. And then he's got really good ball tracking skills. You know, what I love a lot of times about some of these smaller wide receivers that we see in terms of height is that those guys are incredibly tough and scrappy players. So Calvin Austin, George Pickens, John Mechie, Sky Moore are not guys I would necessarily be mad with. And because you brought up Alec Pierce, I'm going to say this. Everybody knows he's from went to Glenbard West, which is like 10 minutes from my house and probably about like 30 minutes from West Chicago. Full disclosure, and I'm going to say this right now, just because a kid's from the hometown, he's a hometown kid, does not necessarily mean that you should go out and draft the guy anyway. Okay. So Alec Pierce from Cincinnati, you know, he's someone that I feel like cool has the necessary measurables to play the game. He's obviously a multi-sport athlete, but I think that Alec Pierce at the next level, his role is really going to be limited to just being an X receiver and lining up on the line of scrimmage. I think it's going to take a lot for him to kind of just get comfortable with moving inside and having to operate because when you, people have to realize, and understand when you move, when you move from outside to inside as a slot receiver when you're a big guy there is so much less space for you to operate and a lot less margin for error yeah um there's a lot about alec pierce and i could talk about this for a long time um but you're right i mean i'm a big fan of bringing the hometown kid guy back like i mean cole Komet obviously grew up bears fan um local kind of local kid um Alec Pierce would be interesting. I, again, I think he fits in this offense. I think there's a lot to like from Pierce. I think he's a more developmental piece. I don't think you're going to get a lot of year one production out of him that you could get out of guys drafted next to him. Um, but I mean, he's got a good, he's his size and his quickness. He's got an incredible first step. Um, he, he gets a lot of guys on the back, on the back of their heels and he's already passed them. Uh, his average reception or yards per catch is like over 15. I think, He's receiving the ball down the field, right? Obviously, he's one of those more big ball targets, um, which is what we need him to be, right? Um, and he can either sneak into the role, either people are looking at Mooney or looking at Pringle, and then Pierce is going to be open in the flat or, uh, you know, in a, a post or a shallow, um, and he's just going to catch it and, and get tackled. But there you go. You have easy six, seven, eight, nine yards. Um, that's kind of what Getsy would need him to do. And I, you know, looking at some – other receivers down the line. 
you know, you're talking about shorter guys like Wendell Robinson, who this guy uh, I think might be one of the sleepers of the entire class. This guy's insane. Have you seen his route running? It's it's crisp. It's clean. It's just like gusting how just good it is. Uh, this guy will will end up in the second, unfortunately, but he will uh, absolutely add value to any team that he's drafted to. I don't think we need him. You know, unfortunately, if we had a perfect spot for him, I think the Bears would take him in a heartbeat just because he's a guy who brings speed, route running. He's like a, he's like a Tyree kill, just not as fast and maybe not as good as a gifted natural wide receiver. But he's got everything that you need to bring into that. He's I'll say he's like a he's like a Tariq Cohen. All right. I'll, I'll, I'll make that comp or like a Brandon Cooks. This guy is insane, and, and he's going to add value day one. But Alec Pierce, he's going to be more of a you know developmental talent, like I said. But you're right. Wendell Robinson, Sky Moore, fast, fast, fast. We can put him anywhere, and they're going to make a play. Alec Pierce, we can put him on the line. We can maybe take him you know three yards back, maybe motion him around. But he's primarily going to be running the same concepts over and over again. Um, but he has everything he needs to make that next step in the professional league. He just needs some time in the right direction to help him get there. Yeah, so I want to break down one guy who I've been high on since his Clemson days, and that would be Justin Ross because people really tend to forget. I mean, when you flash back to the 2018 season, Clemson ended up winning the national championship that year, and it was led by a true freshman quarterback in Trevor Lawrence. And it just so happened that that year, Justin Ross was a freshman too, who had, I think, like 50-something receptions for a little over a 1,000 yards, 9 or 10 touchdowns. And there were times where, you know, for a lot of our listeners who don't know, the draft is linear, so people just look at players that may be freshmen and sophomores in college and already are starting to project the draft classes of 23, 24, 25. And Justin Ross was at one point being labeled wide receiver one for the 2021 draft. Now he had the unfortunate neck injury, the surgery, you know, the neck, the spine, and hopefully he's fully recovered, which is a reason that he kind of fell down draft boards. Another reason I think he fell down draft boards is simply because DJ Ugalili was as bad as it gets as a quarterback, okay? But Justin Ross, what I like about him is I just see dynamic playmaker written all over him. You know, you look at him, I understand he's whatever, 6'3", 6'4". But what sticks out about Ross is that he's operated in the slot so much. He's played as both a Z receiver too. You know, he's someone that's dynamic playmaker, really good separation, solid hands, okay, is pretty good when it comes to run after the catch. Now, he's not your typical possession receiver at all, okay, but you know what? He still has that super explosive big play ability that you look for, and I think a guy like a Justin Fields is going to need to develop. Last thing I'm going to say about Ross is this, is that I genuinely think he's someone where when healthy, he's got a high ceiling that no one's talking about. No, I, I agree. Um, it's unfortunate what happened right over his career at Clemson. Um, one at the quarterback position, and two with his with his health. Um, you, you hate to see it, especially with that season he put together a few years back. Um, 
and obviously it just kind of degraded from there. His combine wasn't amazing either, which I think worried a lot of teams. Um, he added some more weight. His 40 was a little lower than people maybe wanted it to be. It was like a four or five, I think. Um, but you're right, is that if if health isn't an issue, his natural skill set and ceiling is probably top five in this entire class. But that's the trade, right? Like that's the risk. And that's why he's going to be available probably rounds three to five. Um, he's going to slide pretty low. I, I don't think he's even going to go in the third. You're going to have a team who's going to have to really trust him, trust his uh, staff and, and trust the people that have been around him to really put him in a position to succeed. Um, I think there's a lot to like there. He's probably one of the most natural big body guys. But like you said, he played around the field a lot. Uh, if he's put in a position to succeed and stay healthy, there's no no doubt in my mind, right, that that any team would want to take him. It's just it's 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 scary sometimes, right? Um, the Bears haven't hid behind drafting guys with health issues before, though. That's certainly something that the Bears haven't, at least in the previous regime, hasn't really cared about. Um, that they've gone, yeah, you know what, whatever, we'll, we'll take you. Um, but we could also see an incredibly healthy guy who ends up turning into a Kevin White, right? So we don't. You just don't know. It's like a box of chocolates, right? But, no, you're completely right on Justin Ross. And um, I think he's probably going to go into fourth to a team that has a pretty solid core of wide receivers um, that can hedge that bet, right, that's willing to say, yeah, we'll take him on. Um, hopefully we can keep him healthy and he'll be surrounded by a talented group of guys that will make sure he stays healthy. Yeah, look, another – so far we've discussed a lot of – day two names, some day three names being Justin Ross. But I think another intriguing day three name to keep an eye on is Reggie Roberson Jr. from Southern Methodist University, who's, again, someone that I identified probably back in like January or February. But when I look at Reggie Roberson Jr., there's something I have to say. He's not going to be a plug-and-play day one type starter absolutely not i think he's more so just a player that is going to go ahead and be a developmental wide receiver which just bodes really well for the depth and again knowing some of the expectations for poles and eberflus i think the bears certainly have some time to kind of go ahead and develop some of these wide receivers you know i would like to see ryan poles take the same approach that the chiefs took at wide receiver in terms of you just draft guys and then you turn the position into a monster. These positions like offensive line, like cornerback, like wide receiver, you can never have too many because they essentially are premium positions in the NFL. So spend some day two, day three picks on them. But Roberson Jr., not a great route runner, has solid well i shouldn't say not a great route runner his route tree is not super expansive he's pretty solid with his hands okay the ability to get in and out of those breaks and then immediately separate just the foot speed that he has really really nice there okay and really solid technique overall too yards after the catch you know he's productive but i also think that a lot of his yards after the catch does not come from legitimately being a burner it legitimately is because he is really good when it comes to gaining separation. And, you know, the separation component, people have to understand, is so critical in football. But it's even more critical at the NFL level because your windows are just so much tighter. And 
I understand Justin Fields has that arm where you can literally hear the zip and the velocity on the football to fit things into tight windows. But still, separation for Roberson Jr., A-plus in my book. Yeah, um, separation is huge. And we have a good amount of guys on this roster that are able to do that uh, pretty effectively with Darnell Mooney uh, Mooney and and Byron Pringle. Another late-round guy around the same time should be uh, Dejean Dixon. Uh, This guy out of Nickel State is – probably one of the better and it's what's so crazy about this is that there are some really good talent from like really low name schools here this uh and later in the draft here smu obviously is in a no day no name school um but i mean like they're definitely not power conferences like nickel state or um uh idaho state or uh, i mean i guess boise state used to be pretty powerhouse but um i wonder what happened for the past few years there uh but you know dejean dixon it's hard saying that five times fast is uh, just a, just a baller, right? He's a producer. Um, he's had his stock rise consistently throughout his workouts. Um, his combine wasn't amazing, but it was good enough to get him noticed. I remember watching him. I was on the airplane. I said, wow, this kid's pretty good. Um, his hands are great. Has some natural gifted running ability. He's not as good as your guys. Um, obviously above him, his ceiling isn't as high, but there is still, you know, how do I say, uh, put like role player talent at this level of the draft. That's just how deep this group is. So, you know, if only we could get some of these guys to line up in the backfield, I feel we'd be a lot better off because there's just so many wide receivers, but there's just not nearly enough talented D-backs, unfortunately, in this draft class. So maybe we can take some of these guys in the late rounds and say, hey, we're going to line you up backwards this time. How fast can you backpedal? Um, maybe maybe Flus would look into that and get excited about it. Probably not. Most likely not, but one can dream. Yeah. Um, you know, kind of sticking with the wide receiver talk here, getting away from prospects, it's interesting because the Bears have – 38 49 71 and then i believe 147 149 and 184 that's all off the top of my head because when you do this type of work you have to know which teams are picking where but certainly i would say this is that if you take a wide receiver in round two that player is going to be a day one starter then you need to go ahead and take another wide receiver in round five or six as a developmental player i mean looking at the signings of St. Brown and Byron Pringle, there's something to be understood here is that Darnell Mooney's under contract for two more seasons with the possibility of being a long-term option moving forward. Okay. When you look at the signings of guys like Pringle and St. Brown, the bears are viewing this as show us what you have, because we don't view you as being a long-term part of this team just yet. Now, I know people are going to get pissed off at me saying that because those are Ryan Poles and Matt Eberflusis and Luke Getzies guys. But the point is, is anytime you sign these players to these cheap one, two year deals and you don't commit big money like Poles and Eberflus ever refuse to do, you're basically saying, hey, show us the results. So this wide receiver room right now, you could still argue is Darnell Mooney and everybody else pretty much. So ultimately, when you look at it, I would say draft a wide receiver in the second round and then possibly again in the fifth round because you need to add developmental players. 
Yeah, and if you really don't like your second round options, trade up into the first. Um, like I'm saying, there's a ton of possibility and movement there. Um, some team probably wouldn't mind that 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 39 pick, um, especially if you package something else. It's just a question of what you're willing to give up in order to snag one of those early round wide receivers uh, made in the first, which they're going to be there, by the way. There will be um, a Chris Olave uh, a, a, a high talent wide receiver at 19. I am willing to put money on it. Like it's going to happen. Um, it's just whether or not uh, that's something the bears are willing to do. But again, we really won't know until draft day. Cause I doubt that the bears will make a move up until then. Yeah. Anyways, guys, we're going to get out of this thing. Make sure you're following myself and Max on Twitter at Usaid Colshon at Max Smith ESN. Make sure you're following Fireside Bears on Twitter, YouTube, Facebook, TikTok, and Instagram at Fireside Bears. You know, rate, review, subscribe, guys, to the YouTube channel. Be sure to drop five stars on the weekly show that is on iTunes. Next time you hear from myself and Max, we're going to be breaking down cornerbacks. I know a lot of you guys have kind of had questions about why aren't you previewing every position this year? The answer is this, guys, is because we're not going to bore you with talking about Kenny Pickett and Malik Willis or even waste time talking about Brees Hall when the Bears don't have significant needs at quarterback or running back. So we're going to focus on only positions that are important. That's going to be from now up till the NFL draft. So we got cornerback, safety, linebacker to even talk about, which, yeah. Anyways, though, we're going to get out of this thing. Bear down, y'all. Stay safe. Stay warm if you're in the Chicagoland area because it's spring weather in the morning and then November, December weather by 2.30 p.m. But peace out, guys.